Hey, hey mamas, welcome back to an ep- another episode, guys. I'm Jess. I'm Erica. Today we have an interesting guest. It's not a woman. It's actually uh, a guy that, funnily enough, everyone must know Mo the comedian. Anyways, he was doing quarantine games, and it was we were watching it, and this guy comes on, and all of a sudden Mo was like, "Hey, mate, there's fire going on in the comments." And anyways, everyone, and and then at the end of the um, live. He literally put his finger up and he was like, sorry, ladies, I'm married. <laughs> and all, honestly, all the girls in there were like, oh, man. And Mo was just cracking up. Anyways, from that live, we started seeing a lot of your um, profile coming up in the Explore page. I'm assuming it's because you started releasing all the videos of, you know, your, you and your story. And I remember coming across one of them and I started, I thought, oh, my God, I, I recognize this person. And this person, guys, his name is Carl. So, Carl, nice to meet you. Welcome to Mama's Code. Thanks for having me. For everyone listening, his videos were regarding drug abuse. And he has been sober for how many years? Uh, Coming up four years now. Congratulations. Mama's Code. How many kids do you have for starters? So, I've got two kids. I've got a 12-year-old, Jaden, from a previous relationship, and I've got a little girl, Harper, she'll be two in June with with my wife. So, yeah, we have Jaden quite a lot, sort of every Wednesday, and then sort of Friday and Saturdays as well. So three out of seven days is with us. So, uh, yeah, he's he's a good kid. Oh, my God, he's literally in the teenager years now. Yeah, yeah, he is. Trying to get him in a shower, like, it's just impossible, isn't it? You know, and I'm... But he's just like me as a kid, do you know what I mean? And I, and I, but I can't, I would, you know, my sister says it like, it's just like you in front of him and he'll bring it up. Like, I'm just like you, dad. I'm like, no, you're, you know, you're nothing like me. But you know what, you know what kids are like, do you know what I mean? I use any excuse not to get in a shower or not to eat and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? So, but he's, he's a good kid, really good kid. So, let's let's dive in. How how did this all start with you and abusing drugs? And... You know, it's a good question, you know, like when I was younger, Obviously, I'm 30, I'm 35 this year, so you're talking sort of 15 years ago, you know. Drugs were never really about, but I always loved going out with the lads, you know what I mean, going out of town, lads' holidays. And I was always like a massive drinker, you know. I was always a lad getting like the Sambucas in on a Saturday, like two in the afternoon in the pub, you know, when we'd just be going for meals and that. I was always like the crazy one getting the drugs in or, you know, buying champagne at a club. that I didn't even like champagne. It just, it tastes like this, you know. But I was always that sort of guy with, like, quite a big ego and I'd try and buy, like, bottles of champagne and that. And then drugs are never really about. But to be fair, I never know where I crossed that line with taking loads of drugs. And it's, it's sort, of, sort of come on the scene. I started taking it. And before you know it, like, I crossed that invisible line of, you know, it, it become, like, every weekend. And then the weekends were becoming longer. Um, and then during the week, you know, and I was so blasé to it, I never want to admit that I was becoming a drug addict. You know, both my parents are addict, my dad's an addict, and my mum's an alcoholic. Um, you know, and I was always like, I'm never going to become anything like them. I'm better than them. And then my concept of an addict would be somebody, you know, on the street, like a like a heroin addict. You know, if you say to anyone, you know, what's an addict? They'd be like, well, it's, you know, I guarantee nine times out of ten people would say, that's probably someone who's homeless or someone who's picking up a meth script or injecting themselves or a chronic alcoholic, you know? So in my mind, I just always thought I was better than them, never wanted to be anything like them. But slowly but surely, I was just, 
it's just, I just don't know where, where, where I'll cross that invisible line, you know, but so much happened between the point of taking drugs to the end of it, like, tra you know, traumatic stuff, which I don't know if that led me to abuse myself more, but I don't know, you know, it, it just got out of hand quite quickly. So can I just go back to when you said the champagne bit? We, <laughs> once we went, we went clubbing, we were like, how old were we, like 18 or something? Yeah. We didn't have a stable job at the time. We were just in uni and stuff. And once we went to this club, we bought like three bottles of whatever we were drinking. And then we decided to buy champagne because why not? And then there was this bottle of champagne on the table, like, who bought champagne? Or we did, why? I don't know, just for bands, like, we can. Things really escalate. Yeah, it does escalate, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that your upbringing, you know, with seeing your parents, you know, live that lifestyle? Do you think, I mean, I know you said that, you wanted to not be like them basically but do you think subconsciously you had consumed the normality of it of you know being like this mixed with your young years because let's face it when we're all young and we can buy alcohol oh, why not when i was a kid my childhood was very it was very like violent childhood do you know what i mean like you know my mom my mother was like a chronic alcoholic she meant well but she was sick do you know what i mean so a lot of stuff happened when i was a kid and i suppose i was I never really realised it until I got into like into recovery that maybe I was just you know craving the love from her, craving the attention. And as I got older, you know, like messing around in school, I got kicked out of school, and then I don't know if it, if, I, if I was drinking just to bottle up the pain. Do you know what I mean? To, to, to just to try and fit in because I was always like riddled with fear as a kid, and even as like you got you know going into my early early adulthood, I was always like riddled with fear and socially did we know how to interact with people do you know what I mean so the only way I thought necessary was have a drink you know when you're at a pub you have a few drinks you can just interact with anybody and I suppose yeah I think my childhood did have a massive impact on me but still to this day I don't know if that's to blame if you know what I mean do you know what I mean I know that I had a massive impact but other stuff happened between the point of me being a teenager as an adult that maybe led me down that road but I don't know you know I can't it's hard to question that because I know people in recovery who have had their best upbringings. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, addiction doesn't have any 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 type. Do you know what I'm saying? So it doesn't matter if you come from a really good upbringing or a really bad upbringing. You know, I've met millionaires who are who are in recovery and people have had to go to private schools who've had the best parents. You know, so when I say to myself, yeah, it's because of my childhood, so I've got to look at the bigger picture and think, is it really because of my childhood? Do you know what I mean? So um, it's it's a tough one, really. It is a tough one. But you deep down obviously think that that could have played a major part on why you, like like you said, it was like you were craving love, maybe calling that attention that wasn't given to you. So maybe you thought that was a way where you could kind of like be like, hello, this is happening to me. I'm becoming you guys. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, like I suppose the only really attention I really got was when I started, you know, messing about, getting kicked out of school scrapping do you know what I mean like getting nicked by the old bill maybe in the bigger picture I like the attention of the teachers of the old bill of everyone you know the social workers because I wasn't getting at home you know so they sit me down in the room like oh you know is everything okay and they're showing me this love and affection these adults who I don't even know which I'm not getting at home as a kid you know and I think every kid needs that love and affection do you know what I mean they need to be told that everything's going to be all right and we love you and you know etc but when I'm messing about and I'm just 
getting shout with that, like, do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. Like there was there was no love and attention there. And yeah, I definitely feel like that is uh that was the beginning of it. Cause they say that ad- addiction stems from fear from a young age. So they say something can happen as a kid, something fearful, I don't know, even like it's as small as well, it's not small, but getting bullied and you get feared up and then another episode, another episode, another episode, and the way you know you drink and use is you bottle all that stuff down inside you, do you know what I mean? You don't even realise it, but that, that's the reason why we drink and use. I guess it's the same as when you find teenagers self-harming because they find release of pain in doing so. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, 100%. I think that might be the case of, you know, kids who eat a lot as well, do you know what I mean? And, you know, um, kids that are overweight and they, they, they want to they eat a lot to make themselves feel better, the same as, like, kids that self-harm. You know, I think that all does come down to... I think that is in the same line as addiction, most definitely, 100%. At what point did you know that something was wrong? And what did you do when you felt like, okay, there's something happening here? Do you know what? That's funny you say that, yeah. Like, this might <laughs> this might sound a bit mad. I remember it was, I was about 28. I just split up with my ex-girlfriend. I was living at my cousin's house at the time. Um, and she had a really, like, it was a lovely house, but I lived in a really small room. And I had to, I was just living on this really small, thin mattress. It was almost like a mattress protector for like a single bed in the corner. And I was living out of one plastic bag. And still then I thought, you know, everything's all right. It's like the, the, the delusion of the mind when, you, when you're stuck in addiction, you know, you think everything's all right. And I was using heavily, you know, probably about three or four days a week, big benders. I was sort of, had like a labouring job. I wasn't really bringing in a lot of money. I remember one night her boyfriend stayed around and the next day, the next morning, I sort of walked out the room and he, he just said to me, he goes, Carl, have you have you got a spare pair of socks? Like, I know it sounds a bit mad, yeah, because have you got a spare pair of socks? And I was living out just one bin bag at the time. And I remember thinking in my head, I haven't even got a spare pair of socks, you know, at 28. And I was in the room brushing my teeth and I can hear him rustling through this bag for ages trying to find this. And I, and like, it, I know it sounds weird, but I had this, this huge feeling of dread, like, I'm a 28-year-old man, have you got a spare pair of socks? And that's when it started hitting me, really, because I never had these things like a pair of socks is so small, but at that time in my life, when he asked me for it, I felt so embarrassed as a 28-year-old man. And then like other things started happening, like my cousin kicked me out and now I lived in a caravan. Um, and it was just a it was just a shithole. Do you know what I mean? I was just, I wasn't even brushing my teeth, I wasn't really showering. And I suppose then. And when I was going to my mum's, like, every other day for food, I'd walk up to my mum's. It was about an hour walk. And I'd walk back in the rain. And by the time I was 29, you know, I had a son. All my friends have sort of, like, washed their hands with me. My, my, my girlfriend at the time of six years, like, she, she walked away, rightly so. I owed so much money out. And I just remember just walking back to the caravan and just thinking... Like, I think that's when my rock bottom really started. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's when it really got dark for me. Like, you know, 29-year-olds, I had, like, a, a five-, six-year-old son, and I just had nothing going for myself whatsoever. You know, most people nowadays are, like, 29, are, are quite settled down. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're quite settled down and growing up. But at that point, I just felt this dread just hit me. And I, I literally, it was, it, was, it was horrendous. I couldn't see a way out. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, where, how has my life got to this point? 29 year old man I've lost everything lost my driving license lost my jobs got loads of debt that's when it like started hitting me that I thought you know what like 
I don't even know what I'm going to do here. But I think that that's the point where it got to where I thought like, you know, where's my life going? Do you know what I mean? And that was that was like a proper deep feeling. And I still think about that to this day. You know, sometimes it hits me when I sit here just like reflecting where my life is today compared to where it was, you know, five, six years ago. It is a bit of a, like a, a bit of a mad feeling because I never thought I'd ever... I never, uh, I never even dreamed of having a life I've got today. Do you know what I mean? Like, I never even dreamed about it, and the fact that I've come out of it. But I think that's that's when the penny dropped. It, it was around about that sort of time. I was about twenty nine, and it dropped and thought like, you know. But I had so many other problems going on in my life, like the debt, the drugs, no job, no friends. It was just so overwhelming. You know, previous to this, did you have other days when you actually felt? Like, I need to stop doing this. Like, what, what is it I'm doing? Or did you just have to hit rock bottom to feel this way? Yeah, they do say that. They do say you've got to hit rock bottom to, you know, to want to stop. But it's like with cocaine, it affects your dopamine in your brain. And your dopamine is obviously something that makes you feel really good when you're excited, you're buzzing. Because I was using so much cocaine at the time, when I was high, I was so high, like, off my face. And it wasn't like using just for a couple of hours, I'd use right till like through the night until the sun was coming up. You know, then the next day I'll just feel like, oh, it's just, it's just such a horrendous feeling. I'm lying in bed, you know, and, and, and the birds are tweeting and my heart is just, it's beating so hard, the bed is shaking. Do you know what I mean? And then I'll just feel sorry for myself all day. And then I'd want to kill myself, but I could never bring myself to do it. I'd plan it. Like the, the amount of times I'd text people on my phone saying, that's it. I'm done, I'm gonna, I'm gonna top myself. You know, I know I was never gonna do it, you know, and it got to the point I did it so much, people just stopped even texting back. You know, that's how mad it got, do you know what I mean? And then I just never I always always wanted to stop, but I didn't want to stop because it's the only thing that was making me feel good at the time in a in a weird way. Do you know what I mean? Just sat there sober five, six days a week, just doing nothing with my life with no friends. You know, the only rational thing that I thought at the time was just get a bit of gear and just sniff my brains out and just feel a bit high. Do you know what I mean? Like try and take myself away from what, what I'm doing it like. Cause when you're, when you're high, you just forget about everything. Do you know what I mean? Cause you're so, you're so stuck in that rut and cocaine at the time was the only thing, even though it was the worst thing for me that made me feel better at the time that I thought. And that's the vicious cycle. It is, yeah, exactly. And I see that all the time with people nowadays you know and it breaks my heart because I've got so many people good people that you know that I know really really well and they're going through the same thing that I went through you know and they're, they're high and they're speaking to me when they're high and I'm like listen speak to me tomorrow here's my number give me a shout we've sobered up and we can have a chat and I'll never hear from them and it's it's so sad you know what I mean because I just see them I see their life just you know ruining them and I, and I had the warning signs from my, my dad telling me you're going to lose everything if you carry on and I thought he's just talking shit you know and I did I, I lost it all you know, I lost everything and I see it happening in today's society. And it's so sad because, like I said in one of my videos before, it's become socially acceptable now to, to do cocaine. You know, everyone's doing it. People you don't even expect to be doing it are doing it. You know, you go in the toilets and everyone's just there doing it. And it's, that's the sad thing. And it just literally ruins lives, man. It literally ruins lives, relationships. Society has accepted it so much that you will introduce yourself. And if you say you don't use, People look at you like, oh, you're telling me you don't take anything. It's like, no, I don't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they do. They do. They do it to me all the time. Like, if I'm out drinking, whatever, they're like, what, you don't drink? I'm like, nah. 
and like, well, why don't you drink? And I'm like, oh, I just don't. Sometimes I go into it, but I'm like, you know, sometimes I just, I can't be bothered. And then like, you know, what are you in recovery? What's recovery? And I'm like, oh man, yeah, I just don't drink. Yeah, but why don't you drink? I'm like, oh, you know, I just don't. Oh, and then like, and then they start asking me like mad questions, but I just want to enjoy my night. Do you know what I mean? And in the end, like, I just have to just duck out and go home early because they're all just off their nut and no fault of their own. Do you know what I mean? I was, I'm not just there to hear that shit because I know what it's like when someone's off their nut that is talking complete bollocks to you all night. And, you know, I know, so I know they're only drunk, but it's like being the only sober person at a party. It's never that, it's never that much fun, is it? Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, it, it is everywhere. Daddy, I love you. Touching on your first son, did, did you use whilst you you had him yeah I did yeah I used a lot with him you know I got to the point where I was really heavily using at the time and I'd, I'd buy in bulk so I'd always have a lot of it around me and you know he was only young and he just it was much as I love my son at the time I'd use yeah I'd use when I even in the daytime with him do you know what I mean take him over the park I'd be using with him and I, that's the thing like the most shocking thing about it because I was there with him you know because I was there and he, I put a film on for him or put a pizza on the oven you know, I'm upstairs using gear. In my mind, I'm, I'm all right. I'm looking after the kids. He's eating, he's watching TV. He's cool, you know, then I'll take him over to the park. But that's the thing, like, it just it just grips hold of you and you just don't even know, like, what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? That's just, that's ridiculous, like, using with him and stuff like that, you know, like, you know, he doesn't know the extent of it. Now, he knows I don't drink or take drugs. It's quite, kids are a lot smarter than what we think. Do you know what I mean? As you, as you know, as parents, kids clock onto things a lot quicker and they're very smart. So he knows I don't drink and stuff like that. But, you know, as he gets older, I'll be sitting down and having these conversations with him and telling him, you know, the effects of drugs and what I was like. And, you know, we've got a really strong relationship, me and him. And I've, I had that guilt for a long time. Do you know what I mean? That I used to use around him and I'd step over him to get gear. And, you know, you know, my drugs always come first before my kids. Always. When I, you know, when I was in active addiction. Um, and that is the sad reality of it. And that's why with my videos, I'm so honest because people shy away from that sort of stuff and people stay like, you know what social media is like. You guys have got a really honest, you know, page and account and you're really honest about motherhood and stuff like that. And people wash stuff down and they give these fake accounts of life. But this is just reality. This is this is what life is like today. And it's getting worse, you know, and I'm not ashamed to say this sort of stuff. You know, I mean, I feel I've made amends of my past and me and my little boy have a amazing relationship today and he knows how much I love him and I'll always be there for him my kids always come first but when I was an active addiction the only thing that comes first is the drugs and and that's that do you know what I mean and when, when you're when you're balls deep in that and you know you're stuck in that cycle of life and you're chasing that money to get high the sad reality is anything else is just irrelevant apart from you just getting high do you know what I mean your kids your missus your parents and that that is the truth about it. Do you know what I mean? At the time, I just loved drugs more. Do you feel like drugs stole a big part of you being a dad to him? Because obviously, as you say, you were there, but mentally you wasn't because you were on drugs. Like putting a pizza and a film on for him isn't really spending the time that he needs. Yeah, that took a massive, a massive, you know, the most important years, I think the most important years of childhood are when they're really young, do you know what I mean? When they're learning every day, because they get to that point when they're a teenager and it sort of, you know, it sort of stops, do you know what I mean? There's everything they learn is sort of outside of the house, at school with their friends and they're growing, do you know what I mean? And they're learning about, you know, social stuff and there's only so much as a parent we can we can teach our kids. So yeah, that took a, that took a massive, that robbed my son of his father for years, you know, for 
good. There was there was a few years where I didn't use maybe so maybe till it's about three, you know, and then like just just blast myself to bits from at the age of like maybe two and a half, three, right through to you know who is eight, you know, and just yeah when it was eight. So that's like the most important years, three to eight. They change massively, you know. They like they get out of nappies. They you know what I mean. They become like these little people with their little characters and personalities. And I wasn't present for none of that. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't there for none of that. Um, and I think maybe as the years went on, as I was getting older, and his mum would would tell me these things, like, you was, you know, you're a shit dad. You're never there. You care about drugs more. You know, I didn't want to believe that at the time. I wanted to believe that I was the best parent ever because my parents were never there for me. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, that that drugs and alcohol robbed my little boy of a father for years. And... That's something I'll have to live with for the rest of my life, you know, and hopefully I can just have an honest conversation with him when he's older, you know, and not make the mistake with my daughter. But um, that's something that maybe he's forgiven me, I don't know, you know, but one day I'm sure we can have an honest conversation and we, we can sit down and we can we can talk about it. I think it's important that now you're mending those bridges again and that he can understand that we are all humans and we all make mistakes. Yeah, you know, I fucked up, but at the end of the day, like, what the present moment that we're living and everything you're giving to your both your children now is what matters. Um, do you think that that may play, played a major part in, obviously, your family splitting up? When me and his mum, we weren't really together for long and she sort of fell pregnant and we decided that, you know, she wanted to keep it. But at that time, I was sort of, I went to jail a couple of times. Do you know what I mean? I was sort of right in that cycle of going out and just... Yeah, it wasn't very, like, settlish at the time. At it was never settled. I remember yeah. my sister going mad at me. Like, my sister's a couple of years younger than me, but she's got always had her head on her shoulders and she's really, like, she's very independent and she's, like, she's wicked. And she, I remember her going mental at me. Going, what the fuck do you mean she's pregnant? You can't even look after yourself. Forever. And I was thinking, who are you talking to like that? Like, do you know what I mean? I'm a man. I can take care of myself. And I'm, like, 21. Do you know what I mean? I didn't even have a stable job at the time. Still living at home with my mum. Do you know what I mean? And, and I see it now. I see it so clear. Like, it's just mad. Do you know what I mean? Like, I definitely do things differently if, if I can, but you can't live in the past. You just have to, do you know what mm. I mean? You just have to keep you going. You can't dwell on it. Shit, have you ever watched Beautiful Boy? No, I haven't actually. Recommend 10 out of 10. It's about this boy. Like you said, he he was, he had everything that, anyone wanted right he had a good life good family he was good and he decided to start I think it was he started off with weeds and then it escalated and the ending point to him was heroin right and when you watch this film you can tell how much sorry one second bitch my dog starts doing this madness and he's so loud um you can see you can see how much he, love he had around him right and you question yourself as to why where did we go wrong as parents why you know and it's it's something that I always talk to my partner about when we think about you know the future of our son is that it doesn't matter how much you know how many morals values all of this that you input into this person at the end of the day this child grows up to be their own independent self because as teenagers, yes, we know that what we're doing is wrong and we think, oh, my parents will never find out. So at the point that you actually 
start to use or whatever it is you're doing, whether it's crime, drugs, you know, you 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 have a decision to make and you you know you know. Anyways, this kid went down the wrong route. His family consistently said, you know, every single time, day in and out, we're like, you need to stop. We're supporting you until one day, they gave up on him. You know, they were like, you're you keep coming in, stealing and leaving, and we don't even get a hello. And I think that for the most part, in a situation like this, it's the support you have around you is pretty much what's going to get you out or correct me if I'm wrong. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, it is important to have a support network around you. But at the same time, it's tough. It's tough for the parents. Like, imagine if your partner was a drug addict right now, no matter how much love you show your partner and how much you're there for him, unless they're willing to say, listen, I've got a problem. I need help and I need to accept it. Because otherwise you're going to be bashing your head against the wall. Do you know what I mean? That's what's cost me past relationships and friendships because like they were trying to help me and be there for me because I never wanted to admit it or I'd just be lying to them like, yeah, yeah, I haven't used, I'm free, you know, blah, blah, blah. I remember once when, when I was with my ex-partner, we had this date night for with this other couple hooked up for the Friday night. So they come around, we're just going to get some food and watch a film. And I remember I was using that day. So I was using all day. And then at night time, they come and I wasn't even hungry because I was just off my nut. And I remember going upstairs every half an hour and sniffing gear and coming back downstairs. I remember at one point I come down and we all sat there watching the film and just I just got like this massive nosebleed out of nowhere. And I was like just proper wired. And then she must have felt so embarrassed, you know what I mean, at the time. And I remember saying like, why, why can't you give up? You know, why can't you stop? And my wife as well at the time, like, just the, the amount of shit I put her through. Do you know what I mean? Like, she was proper trying to support me, like, you know, have my bank card. And she's really, really supportive. And I was just, you know, don't you love me? Like, of course I love you. Like, I love you more than anything in the world. You know, why can't you stop taking cocaine and drinking then? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how to stop. And that's, that's like the sad reality. Like I could, you can see the pain in their face. And I see it, and I speak to parents and that about it all the time and siblings and cousins, you know, how do I help him? I'm like, listen, the best way to help him is just take a step back until they're ready to give up. Cause otherwise you're going to ruin your own life. You know, in the process, it might be years. It might be years until they admit it. And you're going to spend the next three, four years bailing them out, getting resentful, causing problems in your own relationship, your own life affecting you mentally for someone who's not even ready to give up the drinking drugs. It doesn't mean you don't love them any less, do you know what I mean? It just means that, you know, you're gonna be there for them when they're, when, they're ready, when they're ready to say, listen, I'm done with this shit, man. I need your help. You're gonna say, listen, I'm here for you. Do you know what I mean? But until that day comes, you've got to live your life, man. You've got to be there and, do you know what I'm saying? And that's, that is the sad truth about it. How did you feel when you knew that all your friends turned their back on you? Do you know what, like, it's crazy because I was, Always one of the lads, you know, there's a big group of lads. I always had so many friends. I'm from quite a small town previously, you know, and I always like to, I always like to think I was quite a likeable guy years ago and I had loads of friends around me and I could turn to them for anything. And when you know that, no one believes, because I was a compulsive liar, do you know what I mean? At the time, I'd lie about anything to anyone to get anything, do you know what I mean? So at the time, when I knew I just had like no, no friends left or they did have love for me. But it was like they kept me at arm's length, you know what I mean? Like they just knew that I was just a bullshitter, etc. And yeah, it's the most heartbreaking thing ever. Like 
being at that age and knowing you've got no friends you can turn to, you just feel so alone. It's like, it's horrendous. Like, it's horrible, man. Like, you know, and I know people suffer with that nowadays and oh, it's just, um, it's, it's a mad feeling, a mad, mad feeling. It's crazy to have to watch someone that you love ruin their life to the extent that, like you said, like nothing you do or say will change the person until they're ready to change. And I guess you just have to stay and just wait until they're ready. That's a bit like, you know, <clears throat> that happened, you know, with, with, with my mother, you know, my sister flew back from Australia. My mother got went to hospital a couple of years ago and she was, she was unwell. My sister flew back from Australia. She lived in London and she moved in with my mum to try and help her, you know, for a couple of months. She quit her job. She quit everything. Do you know what I mean? To move in with my mum to really try and support her. Um, and yeah, she tried everything, you know, taking her to AA meetings a lot. You know, my mum just, just wouldn't, just wouldn't give up the drink. Do you know what I mean? In, in, in the long run. And, you know, I think that was, I think that was definitely hard for my sister at the time. Do you know what I mean? Cause um, she's wanted to help her and she, she'd give it, she gave it everything she got. Do you know what I mean? She, she really tried to support her and she sort of to get her friend back in her face. But, you know, my mum, my mum was sick. And I think this is, that was just a prime example, you know, of, of, of that time. Do you know what I'm saying? But addiction is an illness you know it doesn't mean that that doesn't mean they love you any less or they don't love you they're just stuck in a cycle and they're sick people do you know what i mean they don't know what they want all they, all they want to do is get high or drink or, or whatever do you know what i mean I'd, I'd never take it personal to anybody who's trying to who's trying to help someone with addiction do you know what i mean whether it's your your kid or your sibling or whatever um because i know firsthand what it's like like i loved everyone around me but I wasn't ready to give up drinking drugs, you know what I mean? And, and that's that's the reality of it. <laughs> let's let's put a scenario, right? And like hope this hopefully this never happens. But <laughs> say like your son or your daughter started and you started seeing signs that they were, you know, maybe drinking a lot or, you know, abusing drugs. What, how would you cope in that situation or what would you, how would you, how would you support them? Because obviously you stepping back, that's not really an option because they're just starting, right? So what kind of like guidance would you give them? There's obviously your personal experience, but you know, kids like sometimes they're just like, they think we haven't lived and we haven't gone through things. I hate this scenario. I hate it. <laughs> that's like yeah, my worst no. nightmare. Do you know what I mean? That is like my worst nightmare because I see it in my son already like, kids have because they have such addictive traits don't they do you know what i mean with certain things they get like hooked on everything like i mean look at the gaming world for nowadays for like, kids so especially boys they're like glued to it do you know what i mean and you know and i think that's just something that oh, that would just that would drive me mad do you know what i mean like, i think about it nowadays if they're like right my little boy's you know he's 12 he's coming on 13 now give it a couple of years that's when you start smoking at school and you think you're the cool lad do you know what i mean i think it's just i just sit him down explain to him you know, what it is and, you know, why, why he feels he needs to do this and what is his motive. You know what I mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go mad at him because I feel like, you know, back in the day, your mum would just take you and give you a beating, wouldn't she? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, years ago, but I suppose today's society, I would just sit, sit him down and talk to him about it and find out why he wants to test this out. What's, what's his motive behind it? What's he looking for? You know, then I'll just explain, I'll, I'll explain the dangers of drugs to him. You know, even if, an, even if I wasn't an addict and this come up, I just, I'd really try and talk to him at why he wants to do this and what he's trying to get out of it. You know, there's always a motive, because let's be real, like, when you've got, just say you've got 100 students in a year, 
you know, at school. There's going to be 10 of them that are the cool lads who end up smoking. But, you know, 80% of kids, they won't try that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? They might have a little drink at the weekend or whatever, but then they're quite good kids. So, but I think kids will be kids, you know. I think this is something that if you try and mollycoddle them and try and tie them up, they're going to be at house parties. They're going to smoke a little bit of weed maybe and have a whitey and throw up. Do you know what I mean? I think that's all part of growing up. And that is that is the reality of it. Do you know what I mean? Like weed now, even like down to weed, that's just everywhere. Everything is so accessible right now as well. It's everywhere. Like you can't block your kids from this. You have to educate them on it more than probably our parents did and our generations. Because before you'd walk down the road, smell marijuana and people like your parents would be like, oh my god, fuff, it stinks, and you'd think like, okay, but now you're like, oh, that shit smells good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's follow him, where's he going? Yeah, <laughs> I'm still like it nowadays, I still smell it, I'm like, oh, right, that smells good, do you know what I mean? And yeah, man, I think, I don't think there's any harm in kids, I think if you know your kids and they've got their head on their shoulders, because, you know, kids nowadays, at young age, they know what they want, do you know what I mean? They know what they want to do when they hit, like, 15, 16, and they're, like, ready to study and get their nut down, do you know what I mean? And I feel like I don't think there's anything wrong with kids testing stuff out as long as it's safe. I mean, like they're going to go to Amsterdam when they're young, 20s. So, you know what I mean? That's the place to go. They're going to go gonna, gonna go over and party. They're going to go to Ibiza. And you just never know. You can't molly. They've got to live their lives and make sick. their own mistakes. Huh? This is making me feel sick. It's the truth. <laughs> because though. like you say, like we, we both have boys. And it's like, obviously, boys are more... It, it's probably... The estimate around boys and that is higher than you know girls. Nah, definitely. Yeah, boys will be boys. You know, boys are boys are just lads, aren't they? Boys are a nightmare. Even to raise them, I feel like boys are harder than girls. You know what I mean? I think girls have like the tantrums when they're younger, but boys are like they're just boys. They get like teenagers and they're just like miserable and they're just like, oh, do you know what I mean? And like I'm always quipping up my little man like, come here. We're in. not there yet. Please don't don't kill it for us. <laughs> no, but it's but you're like testosterone. Can you just talk about <laughs> your little girl, please? <laughs> <laughs> just stay oh. to your little girl. Don't don't bring your boy in. <laughs> so have you both have you both just got boys, have you? Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Now it's good to you know what, like. Oh, it's mad because every boy's different, and like, it's it's just. I think boys will just be boys, you know what I mean? I think that's always going to be the way, that's always going to be the case. But I feel like boys nowadays, younger lads, they do feel like they've got their head on their shoulders more like... I, don't, I look at my little boy and he's like, no, nah, I'm never going to drink, I'm never going to smoke. And he does, he has got a lot of respect for me. Like, you know, I've drilled that down to him and I've, I, you know, I try and show him that he's got to have the highest level of respect, the way he talks to people, his manners towards people. And I think if you introduce that to your boys at a young age, how to be respectable, you know, go to, you know, shower, brush your teeth, come home at a decent time. And I think as long as they respect you as parents and they don't rebel, they might rebel now and then. I think you're going to be fine, man. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Do you know what I mean? I think as long as you just explain the dangers of drugs and alcohol to your kids, but you've got to let them do their lives. You've got to let them get drunk and come home and be sick. And do you know what I mean? They've got to be like, oh, I'm never doing that again. Like, yeah, you know you're not. Do you know what I mean? You almost want them to go to house party and come back and be sick. Just could just say, no, how bad it is. Do you know what I'm saying? And, you know, you can't rob kids of their childhood and they're going to do that sort of stuff. Otherwise, if you mollycoddle them, they're going to get older for like, right, oh, my childhood was, sh-. you know, my teenagers was shit. You know, I had to be home at seven every day and my mum was well strict. And if anything, they're going to rebel, rebel even, even worse. Do you know what I mean? As they get older, but. Well, it's like I say, like, I feel like strict parents create liars because when you have a strict parent, you always have to lie. Like, I remember my parents were strict, but they weren't very strict. But even 
their level of strictness so like I had to be home say nine and if I was running late I'd be like oh it's just you know I would admit like the dumbest scenarios in my head I'd be like oh no the bus it, it just it broke down and you kind of become a compulsive liar and it obviously it that, that escalates because you get away with the first lie and then you start oh you know I'm gonna go sleep over I remember once I was like I'm gonna sleep over at my cousin's house and my mum she wasn't stupid. She called my auntie and my auntie was like, yeah, no, Erica's not here. And I was like in Trocadero somewhere. That is somewhere. stupid, Erica. Your whole ass cousin, like your auntie, yeah, uncle, like, thought, not gonna... I, you know when it's one of them ones that you think, nah, my mom's not gonna call. No, my mom called and I was in Trocadero and you know when you're like, she's in the toilet no it's just but I feel like it's that like you feel like you need to lie because you know you're not going to be given the chance to go out and you know I was never allowed to go to house parties I was never allowed to do none of that because my dad would always like I would insinuate I'll be like oh I've got a house party today with a friend and my dad would be like okay my dad was so petty he would go have a bath get dressed like a dad and he'll be like okay i'm ready and i'll be like ready for what be like to party i'll be like no and he was like yeah i'm like it's a kid's party dad and he'll be like yeah but surely that one of their mums is gonna be there i can party with the mom and i was like oh, are you fucking kidding me mate i'll just, oh, like, just slam my door You're coming. Yeah. Honestly, just slam my door so i felt like they did kind of let go afterwards but um, I did, like, from experience, I do feel like, you know, if you're very strict, you know, you don't, you you kind of inflict fear, like, oh, my God, if you drink, this is going to happen. Kids are going to want to do it more because the more you tell a person not to do something, the more they're going to want to do it. There's no such thing as a perfect parent, do you know what I mean? And and the best parent in the world, as much as people try, you know, God bless them, do you know what I mean? And, you know, this, this, is, this is no fault of anyone's, but we all want to be the, you know, the amazing parent who does the best for their kids. And at the end of the day, like, you've just got to let the kid live their lives and just be there for them. Do you know what I mean? And don't put too much pressure on kids because I feel like there's so much pressure on kids nowadays to do well. You have to do well at school. You have to do this, you know, when you get older, blah, 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 blah. And there's so much pressure on them to like, to do well in life. But no, but they do. <laughs> but do you know what? It's also a thing about, being having that balance because you want your child to go out there and be clever and to know what they're looking out for um I remember once going out the one time my mom said yeah you can go out it's fine go just be home at two I got my drinks got spiked that day because I thought I can leave my drink at the bar and just dance and I'm step dancing right in front of my drink then nothing is going to happen right but these people that go around doing these things they're experts at this that day, I spent about 10 minutes in that club. I got home. Like, my friends literally had to drag me. I had no control of my eyeballs. My mom gave me the biggest lecture that, honestly, when I close my eyes, I can still hear it. <laughs> and and from, since that experience, I understood what dangers. And, you know, you're, you're naive as a teenager as well, and you think, oh, I'm with my friends that could never be me. So as well, you know, if you're so strict, how will they ever know how to stand up for this, themselves or know what they're looking at or, you know, the dangers and everything? No, definitely. Like, it, it does, it does scare me. Like, with my daughter, like, I've just, I look at her and, like, it is, it, you do, you, you, you love them the same, but you love them differently because, like, because she, she's a girl, I, like, picture in my head, like, you know, I'm thinking, I don't even know, I just know that I'm going to be 
and I, I try not to, like with my with my wife, I say like I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to let her out. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm gonna be that really like not strict dad, but it's just like you say, you know, there's, there's men out there that are just complete and utter predators. They don't, they don't they don't give a shit. Do you know what I mean? They'll do anything to they'll drop something in your drink. They just want to get you home and yeah, it's dangerous out there. It, it is dangerous. That does that does scare me. That does scare me as, as a father. Like I just that'll be I just rain Armageddon on somebody if they do you know what I mean? If something happened to my daughter. And same with my son, do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I wouldn't even have to hold back. What's your biggest fear? Do you, are you, do you fear a relapse? So, like, does that ever come to your mind? Like, the thought of, oh, my God, what if I just get into it again and then ruin what you have? It's <sighs> a good question, you know. Or think, oh, one time, like, it's fine. Like, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, like, you know, like, like you say, like, cocaine gives you that thing of release, like, you feel good. So you, maybe you have, like, a bad, bad month or week, and you think just one time, but then that's your relapse for you. And then that once becomes twice and three times and stuff. That's dangerous, man. Like, you know, like, if I relapse, if I was to go out and have a drink and use, I don't think I'd better get back into recovery. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... That's like, I see it happen all the time. And, you know, people that relapse after like, you know, I've, I met a guy who relapsed after 15 years before, you know, and coming back into recovery, you know, 15 years sobriety and then picking up a drink and drug. And for me, I've always got to keep, you know, f- spiritually fit and well, do you know what I'm saying? But my biggest fear is probably not drink, it's probably like failure. Do you know what I mean? Like the biggest thing, like I've come so far over the last sort of four years and in the back of my mind, I almost feel like, do I deserve this life? Do you know what I mean? Like a mortgage, a wife, two kids, a great career, you know, really a massive group of really good friends around me. And I, yeah, I almost feel like it's too good to be true. Do you know what I mean? The life I'm living now from a man living in a caravan with fuck all, with nothing to having this like life that in some ways, some boys and some lads could only really dream of. Do you know what I mean? At, 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 at a young age, do you know what I mean? Because today it's, it's hard to get them sort of things. Do you know what I mean? But I do think about drinking and stuff like that. It just like passing thoughts, you know what I mean? Like when I'm on holiday, I might say geezer what passing with beer in his hand and feel like, right, that'd be that'd be good. Do you know what I mean? Just have a beer right now on holiday. Because I said, but right, when you go on holiday, you just want to like sit there and just drink all day. Do you know what I mean? By the pool, you're all inclusive. You know, you can get doled up and go out at night and just, do you know what I mean? Like, and go down to the entertainment. And sometimes I feel like, right, it'd be good to have a drink. Do you know what I mean? But for me, I know I'll end up right back where I was. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I've just come too far. and You clearly appreciate a lot what you've got now. Because we've got um, a friend of ours that there's been times where we're like, do you feel like that one drink, just one drink, just a small drink would affect you? And he's come such a long way that he's like, why would I want to be back where I was and be that person? And obviously for us, because, like, I mean, we all experienced his bad days in one way or the other so but but at the same time we kind of think like oh but it's just one drink like you've got self-control but where you've come so far and you've got so much and you appreciate where you're at now it's kind of like it's not really worth it is it no that's it it's not really worth it like and what's in in my mind now like obviously as an addict I feel like what's the point in just having having one drink do you know what I mean like I'm not going to gain anything from that even like sitting there and I know like you, you know like cocaine nowadays a lot of a lot of females have like not 
like being sexist and going to have like a bottle of wine or, you know, sometimes four, you know, four out of seven nights, do you know what I mean? Or just with their dinner or, you know, a lad will have like just a few beers at night time. I always feel like, what's the point in that? Well, what, what are we gaining from, from just sitting there in front of the TV, drinking, sinking four beers or drinking a whole bottle of wine? You know, what is the benefit of that? There's no benefit to that. Do you know what I mean? And I always thought to myself, like, and I've only noticed that as I've, as I, uh, you know, coming into sobriety. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll have a few beers tonight. I'm just going to sit here and watch EastEnders and sink three beers or four beers. I'm going to have a bottle of wine with my dinner. You know, I don't know why. I'm just going to have a bottle of wine anyways. Do you know what I mean? And when people are like, what, you can't drink? Just have one. But what's the point? I don't want to have a beer. Do you know what I mean? There's no benefit to me. That's not even going to get me drunk anyways. You know, and if I do, like, what I want to drink, I want to get off my nut. Do you know what I mean? I want to go out and party, man. I want to just, you know, have a, have a, but I, I just have so much regret. You know, like when you wake up in the morning and you're hanging like that and you feel like, rah, that was a mad night. And you like, you sort of open your eyes and like, you know, it's 10 o'clock and you just fucking hanging. Then you're like, oh man. And then you get like little flashbacks. Like, oh man, I was talking shit to like, oh man. You really regret it. Like, no, I was talking shit. Oh, do you remember when you were dancing? Like, oh, I remember that. Who was that guy at the bar? That's my partner in the mornings after getting drunk. He is that guy you're talking about. That he's like, oh yeah, I love you. And everyone's like, okay, we know. Talking shit to the bouncers. Like, oh, honestly, if you get any problems tonight, honestly, like, you know, I'm there, like, you know, my, you know, I, I want to be a bouncer. Do you know what I mean? Like last weekend, there was four geezers. Honestly, they shut themselves, mate. And you're just talking bollocks, you know, and then you're, you're buying drinks and you're like, yeah, I'll pay for your drink, mate. You don't even got, you know what I mean? You're just skin and you're buying drinks. You know what I mean? It's like second week into the month. Your missus is on your case because you're already skin. You're buying drinks at the bar and you just wake up with a fucking stinking hangover. You've lost your phone. You're like that. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, once, yeah, he came home and he, he, he went to, um, Sky Garden after work drinks it. He works like in the city near him. And the next day he was like, Oh yeah, like, oh baby, you know what I did? I'm like, oh my god, what did you do? He's like, Yeah, so we went to the bar and I was like, Don't worry guys, I'll get the first round. He ordered shots here for I think it was like four of them and he was like, I paid almost a hundred pounds. Like after that I was like, No, I'm going home. And, and I was like, that's what happens for being that drunk person that you're like, yeah, everyone, let's go for shots, like, never again. And I'm like, did you not know where you were? Like, forget the name, but if you're in a rooftop bar, you should expect to be paying down some money. Like, you're a... As a man, though, like, it's almost like a like an ego thing as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're at the bar, like, I've got the drinks, lads. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what do you want? Yeah, yeah I'll, have a, I'll have a single vodka. Oh, fuck it, man. I'm going to get you a double. Do you know what I mean? Just make one, one. And then they're like, all like... If I you only want a single. Yeah, don't worry, <laughs> man. I've got you a double. Have a double on a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, do you do, do, you do some boo Chris? Fuck it, let's get tequila as well. you got any tequila. Do you know what I mean? You're at the bar and they end up buying, you know, this female and her three friends a drink. Come over here for shots. Come over. You don't even know who they are. They're like, yeah, fucking sweet, mate. We're in there. Do you know what I mean? And then they're coming back again when they're at the bar. Oh, you're back again. How's your night? Do you want another shot? And you end up spending like, you know, 100 quid for like, where did that? And you just have a shit night, man. You end up rolling over at 4 a.m. Erica, does that not remind you of Camillo? <laughs> On his birthday, he bought his card, went round the whole two floor club. Uh, two, two floor club. Everyone's like, yeah, drinks. Oh, <laughs> that is on the no. birthday, boy. 
Oh, and he was screaming worst. out his pin across the room. Oh. And like, he's, he was literally he was so drunk. Like, he was passing his card to anyone. Oh, and everyone was like, no. oh, Ollie, I'll pay you back. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no worries. What's your pin? And he would just shout it out. And I was like, what is wrong oh. with you? And at the time, <laughs> at the time, he he's a few years older than us. So at the time, we were like all still in uni and stuff. And he was like the one with the... Yeah, he was the one with the job, with a stable job. And we were like, yeah, yeah, give us your card. Never again. (laughs) It's like, fuck you, lot. (laughs) And at night, she just regret, like, you do have some good nights. Like, do you know what? Like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't change anything that's happened. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, there's some mad things that's happened, but it's made me the person I am today. But my mate sent me a picture today, actually, funny enough. He goes, oh, 10 years ago today, and it was like me and five of my lads. And we was getting ready, pre-drinks, before we went out and I remember that night, like, is I had some wicked times, man. Do you know what I mean? Especially, like, going out of town and raving and going abroad and that. Do you know what I mean? And I met some amazing people. But, yeah, like, I don't... I never regret that. I never regret that, ever. Because like, you had a good time, so why would we regret the good times? <laughs> How does your wife support you on a day-to-day basis now? Like, does she... Like, you know, does she keep you in check with when you're feeling a bit low, when you feel like oh, that one drink or? No, nah, definitely. Yeah, my wife, she's amazing, man. Like, she's very spiritual. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's got like an altar with like a with, like Buddhist and that around it and crystals. And oh my God, did she have crystals? I yeah, she got. <laughs> Honestly, I'll tell you something funny the other day. So she goes, oh, I've got these crystals. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <clears throat> so we're sitting in the living room the other day and I'm, I'm sat on one couch, she's sat on the other. I was like coming in and we went, we got up to go to bed and his crystal just like fell out of her bra and like pinged on the floor, went ping, ping, ping. And I was like looking around, I was thinking, I looked at her, I was like, what was that? And she was like pissing herself, like she went really red. And she was like, oh, oh, oh. She goes, I've got these, uh, these crystals, they're like money, money crystals. And I was thinking, but where were they? Like, and she goes, there was in my, and she couldn't get her words out. She's pissing herself because they were in my bra. You know, you meant to put them in your bra. And I'm looking at her thinking, fucking lost the plot, man. And like, yeah, she has them like everywhere. Like, I, was in the, I jumped in bed and I sat on a big ass crystal. And yeah, she does like um, tarot readers and tarot cards. But yeah, she does fucking keeps me in check, man. Like, if I'm like messing about, she'll just tell me, she'll tell me straight. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I'm like, and that's what I need. I can't have a muddy column. I'll come in and be like, oh, I've had a hard day at work. And she goes, I don't care, mate. I've had a Babel day. Do you know what I mean? You better. And I'm like, fucking, all right, cool. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah, she's. She definitely, she definitely keeps me in check, and she's, she's definitely like the glue that holds it together. Do you know what I mean? Like, and vice versa, really. You know, if she's having a bad day, I'll be there for her. But if it wasn't for her, you know, even though I've got myself into recovery, I wouldn't even be half the man I am today. You know, and, and behind every man is a good woman and a strong woman, and I, and I definitely believe that. Do you know what I mean? When you know, in your situation, it's kind of like we're walking side by side. Like I've got your hands, and you've got me as well. And you know, no, nah, she's definitely she's a, she's amazing, man. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we're very similar, me and my wife. Very, very similar. Like, very similar characteristics and that, and traits. And we're both sort of weird in our own way. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, she's she's the nuts, man. Like, do you know what I mean? I couldn't be any luckier, to be fair. As much as she does my nutting, do you know what I mean? As much as we might pick it here and there and stuff like that, like she's just an amazing mum and she supports me through everything do you know what I mean she never she's always pushing me to do more do you know what I mean and always pushing me to be the best version of myself and I think that's so important but at the same time she knows she is not 
my happiness. You know what I mean? She knows I've got to be happy in myself and she's got to be happy. And then we bring our happiness together. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't expect her to, to make me happy and I can't do the same for her. I can't just make her happy. She's got to find her own happiness within herself. And, and, and same for me, I've got to keep on top of my recovery. I've got to keep my resentments clear. I've got to be a good father, you know, keep my, keep my conscience clear. And then we just can have a happy marriage. Do you know what I mean? But I can't expect her to make me happy. That, that, that doesn't come down to that, man. And I think that's why I was going wrong for a long time. Do you know what I mean? Why are you not showing me attention? Do you know what I mean? Why, why are you not being there for me? Blah, 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 blah. And I've got to always ask myself these questions. Like, what's going on with me? You know, why am I feeling this way? What's happening? Have I got some resentments? Am I having a bad day at work? Do I need to talk to somebody in recovery about what's happening? Absolutely. Can I just touch on something about the stones, the crystals? <laughs> because when you were talking about it, honestly, it's just literally like her, like Jess and our other friend, they're really into crystals. And like once that we were at my son's birthday party and like it was me and my other friend and they were just talking about it and talking about all these names so my friend Steph was like, do you believe in that? And I was like, no, I don't, I just don't, I don't really get it. I don't get the hot, but the, literally all they do is talk about crystals and you go to their house and like one of our friends, she has like a little thing that like she just puts everything there. She's like, and this is my new crystal and this is my <laughs> other one. And then like she brought, and then the other day she was like, oh my God, the, the, the full moon is out. We have to go out and charge our crystals. And I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, honestly. Listen, you need the universe to take all the bad vibes. It's like my, my Palo Santo. I'm like forever smoking it around my guy. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's just take out the bad energy from you. Because sometimes you do my head in. And he's like, yeah, yeah. All right, babe. Like, <laughs> my wife is mad with crystals. Like, my babe had two in her hand last night. Like, she had a long pink one. And she's like, oh, that's a love crystal. And then she had another one. She goes, oh, that's a money crystal. And then she got like these massive crystals as well. Like, but yeah, my shelf's full of them. Yeah, Kim is mad at that sort of stuff, like Reiki and It meditation. might as well pay rent in your house. <laughs> you what, sorry? The crystals might as well pay rent in your house. Honestly, they're, they're everywhere. And she goes, honestly, babe, these are going to be in good vibes. You need to raise our vibrations. And when I say something to her, like, oh, man, like, I said something to her yesterday, like, I sat there and I was thinking, I was like, yeah, and we, I can't remember what you're talking about. And she goes, are you fearful about that? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And because you're studying, like, all, like, uh, this, and she'll be looking at me and she goes, so are you are you fearful? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. She goes, well, how do you feel about that? I'm like, you know, she goes, what do you do when you, you know, when you when you get fear? I'm like, you know, I'll just get rid of it. She goes, no, 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 no. You know, when you get fear, you need to acknowledge it. Acknowledge the fear. And I'm thinking, and you know, she sat there for a little crystal in her hand, looking at me, thinking, like, you know, like she's like my therapist. I'm like, babe, man, calm, calm the fuck down. Do you know what I'm saying? I just want to chill out about our day today. And she goes, no, 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 let's talk about this. I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this, babe. Do you know what I mean? And we'll get back upstairs like an hour later. She's like, so about the, the, about, about the fear thing earlier. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it, babe. Do you know what I mean? It's Senate night. I have a long day. I just want to relax, you know? She's like, okay, just put this crystal under your pillow. It's fine. Yeah, honestly. She's like that. She's like putting crystals everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my God. And the baby's running around with crystals in her hand. I'm like, babe, where'd she get that crystal from? Because like, that's all right. It's a money crystal. It's going to bring us luck. I'm like, you're talking shit, man. And then the next day we get like a... It's funny because like last week it happened. She goes, oh, I've got money, Crystal. I'm like, oh, I don't mean. She goes, I was like, oh, that's not going to bring us money, babe. What are you talking about? And the next day, we got a bill through the door and we, we was in credit, like 1,500 quid. And she goes, see, I told you, it's the Crystal. <laughs> and she wouldn't stop talking about it for hours. She goes, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> Honestly, like that never happens. It's definitely the Crystal. I'm like, yes, babe, it's the Crystal. <laughs> Bless her, man. She's gone mad with that. But she, she means well, do you know what I mean? 
bless the people with their crystals. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Carl, um, with everything we've touched on, normally at the end of our episodes, we like to end with a golden tip. Um, you know, any advice, anything you, you want to share for our listeners? Do you know what? You know when people, you see people online and they're like, you know, never give up, keep going strong, blah, 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 stay strong, anything could happen. And I used to be one of the people that would be like, that's not even possible. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've had it given to you. And in the space of four years, my life is completely transformed. And the advice I can give to anyone is, if you want something, just get it, man. Just chase it. Don't let anybody tell you you're not good enough. Nobody, ne- never let anybody tell you you're not good enough. Do you know what I mean? You've got to chase that, man. And anyone that's struggling with addiction, just keep strong, honestly. Just just keep strong, because I've been there. And, I know how heartbreaking it can be at the time where you're stuck in that deep, deep hole and you feel like you can't get out. But I swear to God, you can, man. The sky is the limit. Like, I've got so many goals that I'm going to, I know I'm going to achieve in life. Do you know what I mean? And, and and because I'm just, the law of attraction is massive for me. Do you know what I mean? Just, I believe it's going to happen and, and I know it's going to happen. So the best advice I can give, I don't think that was, I don't think that was even any advice, was it? I was sort of just firing stuff out, but... Just keep strong, people, yeah? Just keep strong. You could do this. And if that don't work, get some crystals. Oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> That's like the best golden tip we've got. That's heard it, isn't it? Get Your wife crystals. is going to be so pleased with that. She is, isn't she? Is that what I mean? <laughs> she, listen, if you go big places from here, she's like, it was the crystals. That's it, yeah. But it's been, oh, it's been great. Do you know what I mean? You guys, I've been listening to your, to your page, listening to some of the stuff you guys get up to and... I love an honest account. Do you know what I mean? I feel like this world needs more people like you to give an honest account of motherhood, what's going on, what's happening, because people do wash stuff down, especially on social media. They'll post stuff like, life is amazing, this is happening, blah, blah. And you know, you just know that's bollocks. And you're thinking they're giving people a false sense of hope. Do you know what I mean? Even though you're, you're, you're sharing the good stuff as well, but you're sharing the truth, do you know what I mean, behind it, which I think is amazing. So, yeah. And you know what, at the end of the day, like, we have to embrace that. Like, what you said today about the fact that you loved drugs more than your son at that time. Yeah, yeah, Just that, it doesn't define who you are today or what you're doing as a father. So, yeah, it's like people, it's fine to accept your truth, but because that's not you anymore. And that's definitely. what everyone needs because everyone's in La La Land and it's really They hard. are, yeah, yeah. No, they definitely aren't. <laughs> I'll never hold back from being honest, I think. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we're not being honest, what are we being? 100%. I feel like sometimes sugarcoating everything doesn't really work. It just takes away that kind of reality of what people live. And you know, like, sometimes I think that's how, why we actually came up with the, the podcast because sometimes we'll talk and I would be like, oh, this happened to me, and they should be like, oh my God, same. If I was sugarcoating, like my life was perfect and this fairy tale, she'd probably be sitting on the other side like, oh my God, like something's wrong with my relationship or something's wrong with my son because you, she wouldn't think that something's actually going wrong in my relationship to she, she Like, you know, if I, if, I ever, if I said to Jess, oh, you know, me and my husband never argue, she'd be like, I think we need to go couple therapy because we're always arguing. But it's true. In relationships, you do. Like, you can love each other, but you still have different personalities. You are going to butt heads. Mum's code out. Mwah. Truth is, I've gotten 
a diction. Mama's code. Ten years from now, I'll be sitting on a beach in in Spain. She'll be like, I told you them crystals, babe.